0: Welcome to the History Goes Bump Halloween Round
1: Table. <laughs> Hello, you spooktacular people. Welcome to the Halloween Roundtable. I am your host, Diane. And this is Denise. And we are so glad to have you with us. And we have four special guests joining us today. I think you're going to absolutely love these people. First, we have Patrick Keller, who I know a lot of you know, not just because you're listeners of his Big Seance podcast, but because we've had Patrick on the show when we did our Myrtles Plantation podcast. How are you, Patrick?
0: I'm excited to be here at the first my first round table experience.
1: You know, it's a good thing we're sitting at a round table because a square table would be very uncomfortable.
0: It would, but this your table that you supplied for us this evening is fabulous. Thank oh, you.
1: Thank you for being here. We greatly appreciate having you here. We also have Dan Foytik, who a lot of you know from this ninth story Studios, ninth story podcast. He also is host over at the Wicked Library. And as we like to say, he's the keeper of Victoria, who a lot of our listeners should be very familiar with because she pops up on the podcast all the time. How are you, Dan?
2: I'm good, but uh, I think that uh, it's actually the other way around. Victoria keeps me, so.
1: <laughs> that could be. Yes, Miss Victoria, mind of her own.
2: That's correct. She's, have- she's very excited because her new show starts later this month. So, Oh,
1: I bet she can't mm. wait. We have Philip Childers of the Hateful Dead podcast. How are you, Phil?
3: I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on tonight.
1: We are very happy to have you. And finally, we have Jeanette Andromeda, and she is over at Horrormade.com. How are you, Jeanette? Great. I made it through the time warp, and I finally arrived at the right moment in the universe. (laughs) It's a little awesome. inside joke. Uh, Jeanette was... Uh, <laughs> she kept she, signing in and telling us, I'm here. And we're like, no, we're not. <laughs> she kept giving us all heart attacks going, is it? Is it tonight? Oh, my God, I'm not ready. <laughs> I'm online. I'm ready. I'm so waiting exciting. whenever you want to call. And Diane's like, crap. Wait, no, that's tomorrow. Well, the reason that we have each of these individuals on with us is because I felt not only have these people been very supportive of our podcast and not only are they big fans of Halloween and the horror genre, but I think they each have a unique aspect when it comes to horror or scary stuff or Halloween when you've got Philip Childers. As we talked about, he has the Hateful Dead podcast. This is a guy who knows all about movies, particularly the scary kind of movies. So I felt like you kind of embraced that part of Halloween because when it comes to Halloween, people want to watch scary movies. Oh, definitely. You've got Patrick Keller, who is... Basically, I would say your specialty, Patrick, is afterlife communication. And so you've got the guy who goes with the ghosts perfectly.
0: (laughs) I try. I do a lot of experimenting and I don't always succeed, but I'm always here trying.
1: We've got Dan Foytick, who is our master storyteller. He is the king of scary stories, whether he's writing them or reading them. And Halloween and scary stories, they go hand in hand.
2: They do. Halloween's 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year.
1: That's how well, it is for all of us, isn't it? Well,
4: That's right. It, mm-hmm. Actually, scary stories are very much a part of Christmas, which we just learned last year. So, Halloween into Christmas, you're right there besides the other
1: 365 <laughs> days.
2: <Yeah. laughs> Mr. James you must be talking about.
1: Indeed. She's going, I have no idea who Mr. James is, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> I just go with That's the flow. <laughs> Just nod your head and say yes. Yes, dear. (laughs) Yes, dear. And then we have Jeanette Andromeda. And Jeanette, I really feel like your focus is a lot on crafts, arts, those kind of things that represent horror, whether it's in the drawing. Also, you're much into the video as well, which I really enjoy. And you're also into the movies. You pretty much embrace it all.
5: Yeah, pretty much. If it's horror, I'm a lot obsessed with it. But as a generally visual person, I think the artwork and the artistry that goes into creating any medium of it is what I'm obsessed with, I guess.
1: Very cool. That
5: seems really broad. But yeah, artwork and I go hand in hand.
4: (laughs) So why don't we hear a little bit about each one of you? So, Patrick, we'll just go in the same order. Why don't you start and tell us a little bit about yourself?
0: Oh gosh, I'm always going to be first now, aren't I? (laughs) I have, uh, I started a blog several years ago called the Big Seance Blog. And that kind of went into a podcast, which I started in 2014. So it's been not quite a year and a half. And before that, I did some paranormal investigation for a few years. And so really, I like to just talk about my different experiences that I have in my paranormal world. And like I mentioned uh, a little while ago, I'm always, always reaching out and trying to communicate with the other side or ghosts or spirits or or whatever you want to call it. And in the process, I'm also talking to, you know, psychics and mediums and paranormal investigators and uh, just kind of always having a discussion and I kind of use the seance as a metaphor to just kind of symbolize that curiosity and that fascination that I have with the paranormal and communicating with spirits.
4: Philip, what about you? Why don't you tell us a little bit more about who you are?
3: Oh, well, I guess my story starts when I was very, very young. I got into horror movies at a very young age. And like a lot of podcasters, I started by just being a fan of listening to podcasts and uh, one in particular was a Twilight Zone podcast that I love a lot. It set me on the path to uh, to recording, my own my own thing.
4: Very cool. How long That's... have you been doing your podcast?
3: Oh, well, we did some Inferior for a year, and we've just started The Hateful Dead uh, just a few months
1: ago, so it's still pretty new. Oh, very cool. You covered all of the Fear the Walking Dead episodes.
3: Oh, yes, we just finished Fear the Walking Dead. We actually released our first episode covering... Season six of The Walking Dead today, Ash versus Evil Dead. We're going to cover. It starts on Halloween, and we're going to be doing two episodes a week then for a good little bit.
4: Wow! Yeah, it, it's rough. You, you would love our little <laughs> nephew who's getting here tomorrow. We call him. We call him creepy, little creepy, and he is obsessed with zombies. That's what he wants to be when he grows up.
1: <laughs> he imitates them very well.
4: Yeah, we didn't know because. I'm like, you don't let him watch that when he was two. His favorite movie was The Nightmare Before Christmas. And so when he was two, he would all of a sudden, they would say, zombie, zombie, wake up. And all of a sudden, his eyes would roll back and he'd start gnashing his teeth and coming after you. He'd say stuff about The Walking Dead. And we're like, you don't let him watch that, do you? And they're like, no, no, that's when he goes to bed. That's why he knows when it is. And then when we finally saw it for the first time, we're like, no, he may have never seen it, but he has heard it because he can imitate those zombies to the T. (laughs)
2: <laughs> That's awesome.
4: Yeah, Dan, why don't you tell us a little bit about you?
2: Oh, I'm boring. There's nothing to talk about here.
1: Not a thing going on. Okay, <laughs> so Victoria, I'm why don't you tell anything, us a little I'm, bit about Dan? i just sitting
2: around doing nothing lately. No, actually, I, I started uh, kind of an exploration into story and storytelling, I guess, about two years ago. So I started uh, a podcast called The Ninth Story, and it was just kind of my opportunity to talk to a lot of people that were a lot smarter than me about story and storytelling and how it works and why it works and what it is. And, and really it's pretty much everything. Everything we do is story and storytelling from painting to poetry, to writing stories, to telling stories, all that stuff. And uh, part of that exploration has grown into a lot of other things like uh, uh, you mentioned the wicked library, which is a, storytelling podcast that i do now that um i took over from a gentleman by the name of nelson w piles who started it a three let's see what well, we're in season six so i guess it's been about two and a half three years for him as well um and that's basically where we promote writers of independent horror fiction so we, we give a dramatic reading to a short story and add music to it and make it fun get to do some mainstream authors as well so we did neil gaiman and uh Recently did Owl Going Back, and he's done Craig Spector and Bev Vincent and a bunch of other people. Speaking of the Twilight Zone, I'm, I'm actually starting up a, a new little podcast. that's a story podcast focused on Victoria, who's a character that I created or created herself and allowed me to write about her. That's uh, going to be starting up the end of this month with a Halloween episode, and then we're going to break into season one coming November. Our illustrious host, Diane, here is actually going to be submitting a story, and so is Jeanette, so... It's going to be a lot of fun. We have, I think, 13 authors, four composers that are composing custom music, and a bunch of artists that are involved. So it's going to be really fun.
4: I definitely like the number of authors. Yeah. 13. <laughs> 13. That's it's correct. Good number. And then last but not least, Jeanette, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself?
5: Uh, I have a weird background.
4: <laughs> oh, the rest um, of us are normal. When I got, so.
5: <laughs> when I got started, it, I was in theater, actually, and I wanted to be a an actor and a playwright. And then I ended up doing set design and costume design. And then I started doing film as a production designer. (laughs) And now I'm kind of going back into my, I want to be a little bit more collaborative with my story writing and my actual just straight up art rather than art for a purpose, which is why I'm now working with Victoria's Lift and like all of these poets and all, all sorts of people. So Horrormade.com is kind of like my way of getting back to my artistic roots in a way.
1: Okay, very cool. The really cool thing too is I know Jeanette and Patrick and myself are all taphophiles. Denise, you're pretty much a taphophile too. You like going through cemeteries.
4: Oh, yeah, I like cemeteries. I'm like, what's a taffle file?
1: <laughs> I knew you were looking at me strangely like, what is that? And I'm like, no, I'm not I'm What are you those. calling
4: me? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, why don't we go in the opposite direction? Since uh, we are a show that's about ghosts and such, I wanted to know if any of you've had a paranormal experience. So we're going to start with you first, Janet. Have you ever had anything strange and unexplained happen to you? Mm-hmm.
5: There are a few stories in my past. Um, My favorite one to tell is I was working on a film set and it was like the cruise day off. So I decided to go into work during my day off because that's what I do. And I was painting one of the rooms we're supposed to film in the next day and I had normally working in that house was like I'd play the Beatles or you know mellow things but since I was by myself I'm like I'm gonna play death metal today. This is great. And then uh, I just felt like this weird energy in the house and all of a sudden every single door in the entire house slammed shut. Bam 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 It was like ooh And then I just felt this like energy that just felt so angry and then I turned my iPad back to Beatles and then (laughs) the energy just kind of went
4: oh, well that was just John Lennon
5: I'll just listen to 70s and then (laughs) I did (laughs) (laughs) it really was not happy with my angry music
1: (laughs) wow so they didn't like Uh, your choices
5: yeah, what I found out after working at that place was the whole town was convinced it was haunted and uh, I found this out from a a person at the town bar and they're like oh, let me tell you the story I'm like, yes please So it turns out that the family who had lived in that house before it became a set was, uh, they tragically died in the, like, in the driveway before it because the mom and dad went inside, left the kids to storm in the car during a snowstorm while they, you know, shoveled their way in. By the time they got back to the car, the kids weren't really in there anymore.
1: Oh, wow.
5: So it's like, oh, that's cool. So there were actually some bad
4: energies in there. So the kids weren't in the car because, like, they'd they'd passed on or they had left the car yeah, they'd
5: on, oh like, so carbon, because monoxide. Of the carbon monoxide poison mm. so it wow. was it was just weird because other other crew members the whole time had been like oh man don't go upstairs there's some weird stuff up there like i keep seeing shadows and stuff i'm like Psh, whatever i'm in here all the time by myself that was like one of the few moments where i was like mm, no nah, not alone
1: yeah, if it starts slamming the doors and stuff, maybe it's not really friendly.
2: Oh, it was angry with me. Yeah. <laughs> I was, 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 right. was a Beatles fan. That's right, was a Beatles fan. That's right. Well, yeah, do do? <laughs> Just don't play any Helter Skelter, and you'll be all right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so is that the only experience that you've had?
5: Uh, there are others. There was another one on a film set where we, we because I worked, I had been working mostly in horror movies, we always ended up in weird places. The other one was we were in this town called Moodus in Connecticut which is known for weird stuff going on like there's weird noises in the woods that sound like thunder (laughs) has something to do with seismic activity Mm. but the moment that I'm thinking of is me and like the producer and one of the location members were there and we were the last ones locking up and I was bringing stuff out to my car and then I see my producer just run outside white as a ghost and he looks at me and he points he's like Weren't you just up, up, up upstairs? What was that? Like, no, I'm right here. I have like a bajillion things hanging up of my arms because I'm putting it in my car. What's going on? Um, he had apparently seen me in the master bedroom upstairs, which there's like this big, big window off to one side. So he saw my reflection move through the room into the bathroom. And then he's like, hey, Jeanette. And he walks over and he follows my where my reflection went. And then there's no one in there. He's like, oh! So he just ran out. And what's funny is he's like, he loves the paranormal and he loves the idea of it. But he'd never really interacted with anything before. So he was like super shaken up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That'd be like us. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so weird. That was almost like your doppelganger was hanging out.
5: Yeah. Oh, it. And that that house also had some like I I just, you know, would always be in there with people rather than by myself for that one, because the upstairs really did have some weird juju going on. Mm, <laughs> I just sound... got weird vibes up there. Nothing strange you. really happened other than that one thing.
1: <laughs> well, very cool. Dan, how about you? Have you ever had any Paranormal experiences.
2: I don't know. I I hear random music box noises all the time. I know, um, especially when when you're talking to to
1: other people,
4: right? (laughs) Yeah, like on interviews with a particular host.
2: Yeah, you know, doors close in my house and, you know, sometimes the studio door opens and you hear things. But that's, you know, that's just a tulpa that I've created. It's it's nothing to to get too excited about.
1: Yeah, don't worry Um,
2: about those. I mean, Slender
1: Man is a tulpa. So, yeah, tulpas aren't that bad. (laughs) That's
2: right. I think the, the the one that that I remember the most was when I was probably about six years old or so. We uh, lived in a in a duplex. My grandparents, uh, or not my my grandmother and my aunt lived next door, and I lived with my parents and. There was this one night where i was going downstairs because i would go downstairs to get water sometimes and i got to the top of the stairs and went to go downstairs and there was this guy standing down at the bottom of the stairs that was red glowing red i remember that but he, other than that looked like a normal guy and uh, i got to the top of the steps and he's like uh you need to go back to bed okay and i don't know why it was like one of those surreal experiences where i should have like freaked out but it was just no yeah, all right so i went back to bed next morning i got up and everything was fine couple days later I remember being over at my grandmother's house and she was going through photo albums and uh, my grandfather had passed away when my mom was like 13 years old we're going through photo albums and she was taking a photo out and putting it in a box because They had kind of, um, my grandfather wasn't the nicest person to my grandmother. I'll just put it that way. So she wasn't really fond of having pictures of him around. So when she came across that picture, she, you know, went to put it in a box and I saw it and and I was like, that's the guy that was at the bottom of the steps last night. Years later, I was going to college in Arizona and I wandered into this little psychic shop that was pretty cool. And I used to hang out there every once in a while. And and like uh, for the first, this is the first time that I went in. And I think it was probably about 10, 15 minutes. I was wandering around and a woman that was the proprietor uh, who also did readings and things. She's like, she's like, you know, you had an interesting experience with a ghost when you were a child. I'm like, okay. I hadn't thought about this for years. Hadn't really ever told anybody about it. She's like, yeah, you saw a red spirit when you were a child because he was trying to warn you that you weren't supposed to go down those steps because you could have fallen and hurt yourself. And I do remember weeks later, my dad, fixing those stairs because there was a step that was loose and he was carrying something up and he like slipped on it and it popped open and he was in there fixing it so that's probably my one interesting experience that i can recall
1: i would say that's pretty interesting full-bodied apparition talking to you (laughs) (laughs) just just kind of interesting holy cow you
2: gotta go back to bed there kid you're gonna hurt yourself don't you slip down them steps (laughs)
1: wow I would have peed my pants I wouldn't have been worrying about the steps
2: it's weird because you know I mean if that happened to me today I'd be freaked out and it was just like I don't know it was a very strange experience where everything around me was very surreal it was kind of dreamlike but I, I can i don't know i attest that it's not it wasn't a dream because i remember it as well as i do anything from my childhood like going to the park and feeding the ducks and walking to the grocery store i mean it was like one of those experiences where it felt very solid but very detached in a way
1: well and it coincides with your dad fixing the stairs so how would you know about that
2: yeah see that's the thing that that caught me is the you know mm-hmm. there was a step there that was loose and i don't know why it took i mean like you know like someone my dad always ran up the steps, so i don't know maybe he just like stepped over it or something i don't know but i i know it wasn't like the next morning or anything like that but i do remember him fixing that stair
1: very cool How about you, Phil? Have you had any paranormal experiences? I know earlier, or was it yesterday, you were mentioning that you've had some uh, sleep paralysis. That's fun.
3: Oh, yeah. Um, I've had night terrors since I was a little kid. I guess one weird story I have was a few years ago when we were living in or outside of Pittsburgh. We only had one car at a time, so I was riding the bus to get to work and the wife was driving of course and she was already gone and I was getting ready to leave and I clearly heard somebody say my name female from upstairs and I knew she wasn't there I went and looked out the window because I thought maybe for some reason she'd come home and I just didn't hear her come in of course she wasn't there and I've seen enough movies to so know it was time to go <laughs> so I uh, I headed out and I called her instantly and asked her what was going on her. I was telling her what was going on and uh, I don't know you can say that was somebody from outside or anything like that Uh, but she got somebody that she works with that's uh, and excuse me if the term is wrong but I think it's medium uh, to come by the house I think it was the next day I wasn't there and later on she was telling me some of the things that the lady was asking her or was telling her that she was feeling. And some of the stuff that she was saying was very specific to an ex-girlfriend of mine that has passed away. And so I thought that was pretty strange. Because it's stuff that she wouldn't have known. Sure. So I thought that was really weird. And I'm not trying to make light of somebody dying. But at one point she had said, my ex-girlfriend, that if anything happened, she would come back and haunt me. (laughs) And I know that's something that most people in couples say joking around. Yeah, but I don't know. That was weird. I thought that was a weird moment. Freaked me out strange. Yeah, and that's pretty much it. I don't really have much as far as uh, spooky stories.
1: Hey, that works. Patrick, how about you? Any paranormal experiences?
0: Well, I have often been in situations where I have, you think you feel the presence of someone with you. but And that, I think, is just because I purposely place myself in those situations so often. But you would think I had more paranormal, truly paranormal experiences, and I don't. But I do have a couple that I usually talk about. One of them is kind of, You know, you just mentioned sleep paralysis. I guess it could possibly be some kind of situation like that. I had just been doing, it was a week, I had been doing a lot of, um, I did a paranormal investigation of a family's home and where they were, they truly reached out and needed help. And so I was really heavily involved with that that week. But I had also kind of coordinated a seance that week that I had cameras there and I, talked about it on the blog and we uh, had a medium and I did a lot of research and work for that and nothing really huge happened at that seance but a lot was on my mind that week and I was involved with a lot and I was sleeping that evening and my parents were also in my home in the guest bedroom and so I was conscious of there being other people in the house and uh, I had woken up in the middle of the night with this, and this has only happened like twice ever, with just really 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 cold feeling and my heart began racing. And I I don't ever get these experiences at all, but I just knew and could tell that something was there. And I was kind of fearful and I remember that I was laying on my left side and uh, suddenly a hand grabbed uh, my shoulder over the side of the bed. I was on the right side of the bed. So the other side of my shoulder was, you know, the drop off of the bed. And uh, I was grabbed and I instinctively reached for the hand. Cold, seemed very <laughs> dead hand. And uh, the hand retreated. And I will forever, always not know for sure if that was a real experience. Seemed pretty real. Don't think I was asleep. Because I remember waking up and having those feelings, and being kind of an investigator-type person, I did grab my phone, and I didn't want to scream or yell because I knew people were in my house. But I did grab my phone and start recording, and very softly and quietly asked if anyone was there and what they needed. And you know, the next day I I got nothing, but uh, that was kind of frightening. And It's um, probably funny how quickly I got over it and just went, hmm, and went back to bed, but I did. (laughs) And uh, I have a few other experiences where, cool experiences, they, they weren't frightening at all, but I have had probably three or four different sessions of spirit communication where I'm very confident that I communicated with the spirit doing rapping, like on the walls and in the ceiling, and I have some recordings of those things and I've always called him my rapper. I don't know who it was but uh, whoever it was was helping me out for a couple of sessions. It was pretty cool.
1: Denise just said Tupac. He <laughs> <laughs> said rapper. I mean
0: might have been. Of
2: <laughs> Biggie Smalls. Isn't that what a South Park episode and they had to say Biggie Smalls three times? and appear.
4: <laughs>
0: Well, I know nothing about rappers, so this if this person is a rapper, they could probably find somebody way cooler to go communicate with.
4: <laughs> it's okay. Do you
0: but like you
2: that? were there, so that's why it worked. Right.
4: The next question you all can be pondering, but I'm going to start with Dan, is Uh-oh. tell us about your favorite scary movie.
2: My favorite scary movie? Yes. Hmm. I would have to say, and and it's favorite isn't an, is an interesting term here because uh, it's the one that still creeps me out, which so I don't know whether that makes it my favorite or not. <laughs> but it is it is part of the inspiration for me creating Victoria, and that is the the two little twins from The Shining, which is nowhere near as good as or as creepy as the book, obviously. When I was. Uh, I don't know, maybe eight or nine years old, we still had drive-ins here in Pittsburgh. And my parents would take us to the drive-in. There was like, you know, they would play the kids' feature first. And then everybody, the kids would go to sleep. And then they would watch, you know, whatever the adults were going to watch. In this case, it was The Shining. And uh, I wasn't quite asleep. And uh, so I remember kind of waking up and watching the movie and being interested because the character's name was Danny. And that's what I was called when I was a child. And, uh, you know, when I started really getting interested, and it was when the two twins showed up and, you know, offered to play with Danny forever. And uh, that creeped me out. I carried that for a long time. And every time I see the movie, that scene still gives me the chills. There's a lot scarier movies that I've seen since then, but that one just sticks with me. So I guess that's probably... The answer to the question.
4: Great movie. I've actually seen that one, everybody. So, just for the uh, record. Denise is not
1: a big scary movie fan, but I do force her to do it occasionally.
4: <laughs> well, we had to laugh. We had a taekwondo camp up in Estes Park. When was that, two years ago? About a year and a half ago. And so, Grandmaster Seraph made a mandatory movie night. She thought it'd be cool to see The Shining since we were in Estes Park, which is where the Stanley Hotel is. And she totally forgot, like, how scary and about the nudity and all the blood. And she was, like, making it mandatory for all the kids to go. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, great, we're going to have nightmares all week. This will be good. She goes, oh, my gosh, I forgot how bad this movie is. So it was just kind of funny. Anyway, so let's go ahead and same question, moving on to Patrick.
0: Well, I don't really, I'm more into, like, spooky, I guess I would, spooky movies more than, like, scary movies movies. But I do have a few, and they usually go back to either childhood or college for me. I don't know why. Kind of scary movies, but they're not really impressive. They're kind of more funny now. But growing up, I was obsessed with Freddy Krueger. And so I, you know, I even had a lot of Freddy Krueger nightmares and but I just I loved sneaking away to my cousin's house because I know I could get away with it and watch Freddy Krueger movies. Now, I just watch them now and I laugh, but uh, that's the first scary movie that I remember liking. Nowadays, it's old black and white movies that I find and I have a few movies the last couple of years like uh, The Uninvited, The Innocents and some of those older movies that I like. The other kind of scary movie that's really cheesy and probably embarrassing is every year I watch Halloween H2O, which is probably on many worst movies lists. (laughs) But uh, that's from 1998. Love that one.
1: It's got Jamie Lee Curtis in it. So that's good to me.
0: Yeah, and it has forever changed the meaning of the Cordettes, Mr. Sandman for me that's a Halloween song for me always will be
4: yeah I just am still trying to get over that you think um Freddy Krueger is amusing <laughs>
0: <Anyway>. <laughs> well well now now he's amusing because you just watch it now and it's I don't know it's just hilarious but when I was growing up I knew it was bad for me to watch it and I was truly terrified of it but I couldn't stop watching if I got know, the but- opportunity I would watch it
1: that's a good point, Patrick, Patrick. What was
2: the one where they had um, the guy that was like he, he, he they, the cops found him like inside the waterbed and they're like suicide? <laughs>
1: oh my gosh! The one
2: where, think... Yeah, that was <laughs> the girl the has her one. head through the TV like hanging in the, in the insane asylum. Her head in the TV just hanging there, like suicide.
0: <laughs> 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 That's Isn't that what's the first funny? One
2: Nightmare on Elm Street. I thought <laughs> it was like the second one or something. I know there was the Dream yeah. Warriors one. Where the girl was addicted to heroin and she had all these little tiny mouths that showed up on – like that type of stuff. I can see where that's funny because you look back at it and you're like, that's just hilarious. Like when when Freddie like takes them all
0: on the bus and he's driving away and it's obviously like a toy bus like bouncing around and – like it was made in you know the early 1900s, and it's just funny. It's yeah.
1: well, and the jokes he makes. You know, when we're little kids and he's got the knife fingers, we're sitting there going, "Oh my God, he's going to kill somebody," and I'm terrified. Now you're an adult, and you're like, he is hilarious. <laughs> he's a, he's <laughs> got almost a worse sick than Schwarzenegger
0: <laughs> uh, lines. You know, <laughs> exactly. stick around.
1: Exactly. You all and the cute are. little
0: striped shirt. I mean, come on, it's adorable.
4: <laughs> okay, it's adorable. <laughs> y'all are just a little bit warped, but that's why we love ya. okay so um, Philip, same question do you have a scary or spooky movie that you like or that is memorable
3: for you oh gosh I have many I was going to
1: say he's got a (laughs) list I'm sure
3: Uh, but I guess I'd say my favorite and it's the one that traumatized me when I was a kid very young and it's the reason I'm doing podcasts now like I said earlier it's the original Friday the 13th from 1980 I'd never heard of Jason or anything and He's only in the first movie for you know, a couple of seconds, but it frightened me so much that instantly threw me into the world of horror, even at such a young age. And as far as a movie that's still scary now, I went back and watched this recently. It was uh, Stephen King's Pet Cemetery. It has a couple of pretty spooky scenes in
0: it. I remember that sixth grade party. It
1: was fun. <laughs> <laughs> anything with a little child. I actually, it's funny that you said that Phil, because I was having a back and forth with a girl on Twitter today about this movie. And I was just saying, you know, a three year old with a scalpel is terrifying, especially when it's <laughs> like, you know, mommy. <laughs>
3: oh yeah. That was scary. The part for me was the, uh, the sister flashbacks. I, sure. I think it was her sister. If I remember right. Yes. That scares me now. <laughs> it really creeps me out.
4: Yeah. Evil with children is A very creepy, creepy mixture. Fourth, let's go ahead. Jeanette, what favorite scary movie do you have? There
5: are a lot of them. Nightmare on Elm Street is definitely one of the ones that pops up in my head first. My... Guilty almost every year pleasure is Hocus Pocus.
0: <laughs> yes, that's on my list, definitely.
1: It's I can, so I can do that fun. one. You would love the stage show that they've been doing for Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party. It's based on Hocus Pocus. They have the sisters out there, and they're doing their brew and bringing, bringing up villains, all the villains to yeah. help them. It's very cute. The Disney villains. with this.
4: I would love that. <laughs>
5: it's
1: a great, great show. So That
4: would be so
5: freaking cool.
1: Well, all of us obviously are people who like to be scared, and the listeners of the History Goes Bump podcast enjoy a scare as well. So I thought it would be interesting to ask each of you your theories about why people like to be scared. And why don't we go ahead and start with you first, Phil?
3: Oh, well, I think it's just an adrenaline thing. I mean, it can be as small as some of these newer horror movies with, you know, they depend on jump scares and people go see that. Or you could be, or it could be riding a roller coaster or one of these people that likes to go up into airplanes and jump out for fun. It's all about adrenaline. I believe that's, pretty much all I can think of.
1: All right. That sounds like a great answer to me. How about you, Jeanette? Why do you think it is that people like to be scared?
3: I
5: really, I do agree with the adrenaline rush thing because I think that is the main thing people get out of it on a slightly different level. I feel like it just adds something to your everyday life because mostly we feel like we're safe most of the time. Most of us do anyway. We go places, we work, we come home and like occasionally something dramatical happen in our lives but for the most part it's kind of this monotonous existence so horror allows you to be like jolted out of that routine out of that pattern and it it does it just gives you like a wham wake up think about the world differently
1: that's a great observation takes the mundane right out of your life all right how about you patrick why do you think people like to be scared
0: I think it's interesting, she just said, where you feel safe. For me, and I mean, I would would say the same thing with adrenaline, and it depends on where you're at or what situation you're at. Like, this week, you know, when my partner's not here, and it's just me, and I drive up to my house, and all the security lights are off, and uh, it's really dark, and you're like, that's weird, why are all the lights off? Like, that's, like, no one enjoys to be... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> scared in that way like when it is live people that you are afraid of That's that gets me like I don't enjoy being like in a room or walking through a house in the dark when you think that there could be like for real people hiding and scaring you That's but in a place where it might be a ghost or in a place where I know I'm going to be scared like a amusement haunted house or something you know completely different Love that.
1: How about you, Dan? Obviously, you're the expert at scaring people with a story. So, what is it that why why do people enjoy that?
2: Well, it's an interesting question. I actually just submitted an article to Jeanette for her blog on this topic, mainly focused on on images more than uh, story or movies. I mean, it's all tied together, though. Sure. I think that, I think it's twofold. I think it's I think that we have this part of us that goes back thousands of years to when all the trappings of civilization weren't so present around us and we had a deeper communion kind of with that other side and with the dark things and the things that dwell in the darkness and we've kind of built up this facade around ourselves and we've convinced ourselves that we're safe and that things are normal and it's just a surface thing and I I think that there's a part of us that yearns for that, to, to to reconnect with the darker other side. And I think that it's also because as humans, we are creatures of duality. We have the good parts of us and we also have the, the darker parts that we try to control. When you're in that situation, I think it puts you kind of in touch with that, that darker half that gets denied most of the time and, and maybe helps you to come to kind of a homeostasis with it, uh, where you can control it better. But I, I do think there's just, there's, it's fun. I mean, there's there's that aspect too. Uh, but I mean, if we're going to go real deep, I think it's just, it's ingrained into us to, to seek out the unknown and to seek out the things that are just below the surface that we've fooled ourselves, we're removed from.
1: I liked also what you, the point you were making there, Patrick, about How you don't like, I guess you would say the real scare. For example, we went to the St. Augustine Lighthouse this weekend, and I'm terribly afraid of heights. And every time we go up the stairs to go up a lighthouse or anything, I just, you know, I'm like. (laughs) Hugging the wall and got the adrenaline going. I can feel my knees knocking, the sweat starting to pour. I hate that feeling, but I love to watch scary movies and stuff. So it is fascinating that you kind of break it into two different things.
0: Yeah, I think it just kind of depends on what the situation is. Because, like, when I'm involved in any kind of paranormal type of thing involving spirits or ghosts, it's not a, it's a different kind of adrenaline, it's not a fear adrenaline. You know, it's kind of an exciting adrenaline. So I guess that would be really different for me. But you would have never known that you were afraid on the top of that lighthouse. You covered it pretty well. And the only reason why I knew it is because you said it.
1: (laughs) I fake it. Well, I'm like, okay, I've got the periscope out. I've got to look brave. (laughs) <laughs> okay, we're going to take a picture. I'm going to smile. But did you notice I was the one that was closest to the lighthouse?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I did notice that after you talked about yeah. how you were afraid. Well,
1: I And I think funny. it was easier
4: for her at, in the dark because you couldn't see all the way down. That's true. In the dark, you can't yeah, see down, down the we, stairs. Like, some of the stairs, you can not even really see. We just had glow sticks on, and there was really not much lighting at all.
0: Yeah.
2: Gosh, seems to me like that would make it worse. Yeah, you can't see the things that are after you whenever it's dark. <laughs> well, she's not afraid of the dark, though.
4: She's afraid of heights. So, see? Yeah. It, she's afraid of Cirque du on the steps.
1: Now, if anything, <laughs> yeah, if anything had touched me on the stairs, that probably would have been a different story. Then I probably would have been like, ah.
4: Yeah, because she didn't even get afraid when something locked her in the lighthouse.
1: No, but I think at first I didn't... We got locked in the lighthouse and we think it was by a spirit because there's no other way for it to have happened. It only locks from the outside and the only people who have keys are the staff that were there. And Denise was the last person to go out the door and she was trying to come back in and couldn't get back in. (laughs) That locked me out of the lighthouse. So we didn't realize it at first because you're just thinking... Open the door. It was unlocked. What's the problem? And you don't really go into a panic or anything. But the minute we all figured out that this guy's the only one who has the keys, how did that happen? Then you're like, well, that was weird. But I didn't really... I don't know. Stuff like that doesn't really scare me. It just makes... It kind of fascinates me or it's one of those things where you go, huh, that was weird. Yeah. It doesn't scare me.
0: Are you guys afraid of the dark?
1: I am. I'm terribly afraid of the dark.
0: Because I can tell you, I... Even though like ghosts and things don't scare me. I don't know if it's the same. I've investigated an abandoned farmhouse by myself in the dark, completely walked out, thought I was the man, but I was still very afraid of the dark. I think I'll always be afraid of the dark.
1: I I am. I like to have either a nightlight or, you know, another little light on or something when I go to bed. It just, I don't know. I've always have ever since I was a little kid.
4: Yeah, I don't think, I don't know if I'm afraid of the dark. Like sometimes I get creeped out at night. Like the farmhouse would freak me out because I'd be thinking about like what serial killer might be hanging out.
0: Or what animals are chilling out in an abandoned building.
4: <laughs> yeah. Sometimes the animals, I guess, depending <laughs> on what it, what it is, but I, I get creeped out more by humanity than,
0: than the animals. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying.
5: People. And like, like, especially exploring abandoned buildings, finding an unexpected human or an unexpected animal is always what I'm like really afraid of. Oh, Hey, homeless guy, please don't kill me.
1: <laughs> yeah. Cause you don't know why they're there. Is he just a drunk or is he a freak? Yep. And then <laughs> an animal, you're like, I don't know, animals are always kind of touch touch and go because you're like, is it rabid? Is it just, you know, normal animal is going to be more afraid of me than I am of it? Exactly. Or in
0: your neck of the woods, is it an alligator? Or <laughs> a king <laughs> cobra a that got or out from king some cobra. guy?
1: <laughs> Hiding under my dryer. Did you guys hear that they actually found the king cobra here finally? They yes. did? Yeah, yeah it was under... The- I think it was his neighbor who was behind him. It was under her dryer.
2: Oh, the snake's neighbor?
1: Yeah. I guess this yeah. guy keeps all these exotic snakes and venomous snakes. This yeah. King Cobra had gotten out, which of course made national news, and it just went, I guess, across the street to her house. And she was getting ready to get some clothes out of the dryer and heard some hissing.
2: Oh she <laughs> was just hanging well, out with Otto, her, watching, she's watching TV. <laughs> she's like, oh, didn't you're know cute. know about
0: that. <laughs>
4: Okay, so let's see. Moving on to our next question, let's go ahead and start with Jeanette. Do you have a favorite Halloween memory?
5: Uh, Trick-or-treating was a big deal with my family for, like, as long as we possibly could go out doing it, and it still wasn't weird.
1: I'm telling you, Jeanette, you need to get a ticket to Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween (laughs) 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 Party because you can trick-or-treat as an adult.
5: Oh,
4: my gosh.
3: And you get
1: tons
5: (laughs) of candy. (laughs)
2: Can you have spare masks?
4: You don't need spare masks. Oh, and going through. No, Diane's dad Dad
1: would go through the same (laughs) one like five times. Yes. My 66-year-old father went through the line, boom, 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 like he was running a relay.
4: (laughs) Just going through the same (laughs) line.
1: Yeah, um, so I think excited. one of my,
5: my favorite Halloween memories pertaining to trick-or-treating was uh my when my family moved to out in the woods for the first time in many, many years. We had suddenly all of this room, so we'd set up this whole haunted trail, basically, in our front yard. And uh, even though there weren't a lot of people trick-or-treating by, we were really excited whenever someone came by, and then we had invited some people over and It was a lot of fun. I got to be the witch out in the woods, just like jumping out and harassing people.
4: (laughs) That would be fun. Mm hmm. Okay, and so what about you, Dan? Do you have a favorite Halloween memory?
2: A favorite Halloween memory? I guess. Um, wow, there's there's lots of good Halloween memories because it's always been a fun holiday. It's like Christmas with teeth. I guess that. <laughs> uh, it, so, yeah, it's, uh, I stole that from Nelson. I guess that. Well, I mean, there's candy, right? You know, pe- there's decorations. It's just scarier. It's That's uh, true. Christmas with teeth. You know? true. I guess that there was there was one Halloween that was kind of fun. It was I think it was the year after I stopped trick or treating, and. We used to have – my dad had, like, this uh, scarecrow. Well, it was stuffed with newspaper, but, you know, it was just kind of like this figure that was stuffed – his old clothes stuffed with newspaper, and he had a mask on it, and it would sit on the front porch. And, you know, sometimes the, they would put, like, a bowl of candy on it, and other times it was just kind of sitting there, you know, off to the side watching this, the trick-or-treaters would come up, and people get a little freaked out. But, you know, it had been there for years, and most of the kids were like, oh, that's the dummy sitting over there. So that year, I decided that I was going to go inside the dummy. So I put on the clothes and I stuffed it, restuffed it all with newspaper and put the mask on and sat there and waited until they came to the porch. And then I would have fun. It was awesome. People just jumped over walls and ran away, dropped their candy, you know, all that kind of fun stuff. It was fantastic.
4: Oh, geez. Okay. And so let's see. What about you, Patrick?
0: Well, I have a
2: lot of nostalgic
0: memories that I think about with Halloween. I don't necessarily have one, uh, like, memory that sticks out. But I remember it was really big for me, and it still is now. On Halloween, I want to stay home. I want to kind of experience Halloween at home. We didn't live in a big area that did a lot of trick-or-treating, and it was kind of a smaller town. And so... For me, my trick-or-treating was like, you know, going to grandma's house and going to the aunt's house and getting your little basket of Halloween goodies. But then I would go home and, you know, we would turn on the radio and hear, you know, Monster Mash and... And uh, I had my little shtick, you know, if anybody did come to the door. And, uh, but I also re- liked things like Halloween parties at school, you know, when we could have those and uh, making things out of black and orange construction paper and the Tootsie Roll pop that, you know, has the lame Kleenex over the top to look like a ghost. <laughs> like, <laughs> I remember uh, those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, those were my... And you remember the little packages, the little trick-or-treat bags they would give you? They're like really tiny and mm-hmm. like crunchy. And like I remember those, you know, there's always like a pumpkin on the front or something. And I have lots of little random memories like that.
1: Did you ever have to wear any of those costumes that were... The plastic ones that just had the little face mask that had the elastic that you know went around the back of your head, and that was basically it. And you took a couple steps, and you ripped right through the plastic.
0: <laughs> I've always had a big head, so yes, I, I recall having to hold the mask up to your face. <laughs> <laughs> the
2: tongue, the tongue cutters. Oh
1: yes, oh, yes exactly. You'd stick your tongue. It was tongue always out so
0: sharp in your tongue. <laughs> I always remember the smell, like not necessarily those harder masks, but when you would go to like the store and get the mask with like the fur on it and stuff like that smell. And I mentioned it several times on podcasts and I know people make fun of me, but it when you smell a roll of duct tape, oh my gosh, that takes me back to <laughs> those masks that I don't know if they're rubber masks or what they are, but I... It, I work with it a lot sometimes when I do concerts and stuff at school and I always smell it and people make fun of me. I'm like, ooh, Halloween. (laughs) They're like,
4: there goes Patrick sniffing tape again. He got the wrong substance, but that's okay.
1: Instead of sniffing glue in the corner, (laughs) he's sniffing the duct tape.
2: (laughs) I'll just be over here with the mask on.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And let's see. And then same thing for you, Phil. Favorite Halloween memory?
3: Oh, yes. Uh, mine would probably be 1989 or 1990. And this was right about the time that Tim Burton's Batman, the original, came out. And I really, really, really wanted to be the Joker because, I mean, how awesome was he? Mm-hmm. And and my brother, he spent all this time doing this great makeup so I could be the Joker. Cause that's all I wanted to do. And then I ended up being a uh, whiny little kid and I ended up not going out or anything. And it's always funny to me because I know how mad he was. He spent all the time doing that, and it was great. And it's probably not a good memory for him, but I'll uh, I'll always remember it as me ruining his day. <laughs> you know, Denise? <laughs> it's terrible. I know, but uh, it's my greatest memory of Halloween is is that time.
1: <laughs> you just made me feel really old when you say, "Well, I was a whiny little kid in 1989."
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was, I was ten or eleven.
1: Yeah, I was graduating from high school. In
4: 1989, I was already out of college working for American Express.
0: (laughs) Well, we were both little kids. We could have been at the same party because that's about the same age I am. Sorry, Diane.
5: (laughs) Would have wanted to hang out with me. I would
4: have been the squalling one. <laughs>
0: We're All old, these young I,
2: just- I would have been like
4: the mentor. <laughs> Let me take the kids trick or treating. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> Come on Jeanette, Diane, Patrick, Phil, <laughs> Dan.
1: Only I if
3: I can dress up as a Joker.
1: <laughs> she yeah, would have cool Stop center. crying now. <laughs> How about favorite Halloween candy, Jeanette?
5: Oh, favorite Halloween candy. Uh, my favorite one to get in my bag was always M and M's. Mm. but i don't know yeah m&ms were always my favorite one where i was just like yes this is the first slash last thing i will eat out of this whole bag and i was always disappointed by candy corn <laughs> those were my least favorite <laughs>
1: it just sticks to your teeth kind of waxy yeah all right except for but you can always take them and stick. them
5: as teeth i would put them under my lip and then like growl at my little sister and be like ah, i'm nice. a pumpkin
1: I guess we all (laughs) did that because Denise is going, I was just about to say that. Yeah, that's what
4: I was just ready to say when you'd stick them on your teeth so you look like you had little candy corn fangs.
1: Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Dan, what was your favorite candy?
2: Oh, candy corn and circus peanuts, of course. The two worst (laughs) candies on the planet.
1: Or the things that came in the orange and black wrappers. I don't even know what that stuff was. (laughs) Oh, the peanut yeah, bot- butter flavored Yeah, you get down to the bottom stuff. of your
2: bag, right? And it's like the popcorn balls, the mallow cups, and candy corn, circus peanuts. Even if people tell you they like circus peanuts and candy corn, they, they're lying. They don't. They might think they do. They don't, though.
0: Did you well, get- um,
2: This will skip to me because those orange and black wrappers, those
0: were my favorite, and I know a lot of people hated them. I love those. <laughs> But Patrick, you know where do just you even get different. those? <laughs> like they're so generic. I don't know where you would get it if you wanted to. But I love those. I think they, I think they brought them, them, them over
2: from the old country.
1: They were like <laughs> they were like peanut butter flavored with little little pieces of peanuts in them. I was so afraid of the wrappers. I never even opened them. I had no idea what was in there. I just yeah. Thought, they're like peanut buttery kind of. I never ate one. I probably yeah. would like them too, but I just wasn't brave enough to unwrap them.
4: Well, I'll probably date myself. Did anybody have the papers with the little dots that you peeled off and ate? Oh yeah. Yep. Oh, okay. Good.
2: <laughs> I used to. I used to go to one house where I would also get a, uh, a a gift certificate for a hamburger and McDonald's, which I always thought that was disappointing too. My <laughs> yeah, favorite. My favorite. F- Exactly, I want to take it home and eat it now. Like I eat the whole thing right now out of my pillowcase. Um, no,
4: you have to wait I, until you get home so we can check for razor blades.
2: <laughs> you know, I hate to say this because someone's going to do it, but that was like never really happened.
1: No, it was never it a did. thing. Yeah,
2: yeah, it was. I mean, you can go on Snopes, and they're like, nope.
1: Yeah, one guy, but it's a good skin skin story in it the it news. So.
2: my I think my favorite was the Reese's cup. Man, that's like oh. the best candy you can make is the Reese's yes. cup.
1: Chocolate and peanut butter—you can't go wrong. That's Right. So, Patrick, you're going with the uh, the orange and black candies. Were those your favorite, really?
0: I, I can tell you, it was. It's a close favorite. I'm because you know I also like peanut butter cups as well. Yeah. Chocolate and peanut butter, but I did love those those uh, little black and orange candies, whatever they were.
1: The candy that will not be named.
0: <laughs> I
1: don't think it has a name, does it? It probably does, I'm sure. Maybe. I think I found them on a site.
0: I found them on a website a couple of years ago because I looked them up and I don't remember what company it was. It's not like a a well known company, but it's like, dude, why aren't you? It's 2015. Why aren't you putting
2: logos on your candy? Yeah. It's a scam. It's actually going to be like a circus peanut in there when you get it.
1: (laughs) Mushed up. It probably was folded over in half or something. That's right.
2: (laughs) This isn't what I wanted.
1: Hey, Phil, how about you? What's your favorite Halloween candy?
3: Well, I have to go with then with Reese's Cups. They're still my favorite candy now. I'm pretty sure they always will be. So that's <laughs> that's an
2: easy one.
1: Yeah, I can eat a whole bag of those things in uh, one sitting. It's terrible.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I won't admit that I do that since I'm diabetic.
1: <laughs> OK, and so this question,
4: if you could be any Disney villain, who would it be? And why? And we're going to go ahead and start with, let's see, let's go ahead and start with Patrick.
0: This is going to be totally lame for me because I don't resonate with, I am such a sweet, wonderful person. And so (laughs) I don't know that I can pick one. I can tell you that the first uh, villain that I remember, Disney villain, was the evil queen in Snow White. And I, does she have a name?
1: The evil queen. I think she's just called the evil mm-hmm. queen.
0: Just the evil queen. Okay. I remember being kind of frightened of her. And when I think of Disney villain, uh, she's one of the first ones that uh, pops up. So I'd totally rock it and be a queen. Evil
4: queen. Okay. And and actually, she is, if you've ever seen The Huntsman, have you all seen that movie? She's very evil in that. Mm. Mm-hmm. She brings evil to a whole new level.
2: Well, yeah, that's because we go with the unsanitized non-Disney version where it goes back to the original fairy tales and those original fairy tales were quite quite dark
1: yes they were i don't know if you guys listen to the myth and legends podcast but he did like the little mermaid i was like oh my god (laughs)
4: yeah queen Queen elsa isn't quite queen elsa but anyway (laughs) moving right along let's go ahead and see what philip has to say or phil
3: oh well first off you guys are probably gonna hate me now because i haven't seen a lot of the classic Disney cartoon movies. <laughs>
1: oh, no. Oh, <laughs> my God.
3: <laughs> Mainly because the Lion King uh, sort of ruined Disney for me when I was younger. It had a pretty dark scene I didn't care for. But uh, oh, Okay,
4: so from the dark. I'm like, oh, my gosh, the Lion King's my all-time favorite. But
3: I'm oh, sorry it, it ruined you. Sort of messed with my head for a while. Uh-huh. Uh, so, But one that I do love, of course, is um, Peter Pan. Or,
1: mm-hmm. So I
3: have to pick my villain as Captain Hook.
1: That's a good one too. He's a bad guy. Everybody loves pirates, and I was going to say he's a pirate, so it's perfect.
3: Yeah, and I love. I'm sure the live action film was also Disney. I'm assuming, and I love that movie, The Hook with Robin Williams and Dustin Hoffman as uh, Captain Hook. That was Disney. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that movie, and yeah, I watched it a little bit after Robin Williams passed away, and it made it a lot, (laughs) a lot more sad.
1: Mm, mm-hmm.
3: But, yeah, I'm going to go with Captain Hook because I love pirates.
1: Perfect. I, and I guess Disney, I love terrifying
3: children. I don't know.
1: <laughs> I, I think Disney's done the new Pan movie, too, right?
4: I'm trying to remember yeah. if that's I think ours or not. it is by not. Disney.
1: I'm almost positive because they've been advertising it during Once Upon a Time, I think. So I think it is. Yeah, that looks good. Okay. And, Jeanette, what about you?
5: I would be Ursula. <laughs> because <laughs> she's half fabulous witch and half octopus. <laughs> it
4: works, And she's quite the diva.
5: She's fabulous. Also purple. How can you go wrong? <laughs> exactly.
4: A purple fabulous villain who's a diva. Perfect. And then Dan, what about you?
2: Um, Mickey Mouse.
4: <laughs> Mickey
1: Mouse?
2: He's got you all fooled, man. You think he's nice, but he's not. He's the mastermind behind it all.
1: I know he brainwashes people. Denise has been brainwashed for quite a few years now. So, um, yes.
4: darling, your benefits and my paycheck comes from Mickey Mouse. So he's good. Like I said, oh! she's brainwashed. That's right. You're fired.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Behave yourself. I'm signing tricks back here.
1: Be quiet now.
2: <laughs> now.
1: That Mickey Mouse is terrifying.
2: He's terrifying, man. He is evil. I'm telling you, he is the he is the villain amongst villains. <laughs> How did he become all, the he's villain got you all among-
4: I don't think so. Okay.
2: You <gasps> know what? I
0: had to. Do you remember a movie called The Watcher in the Woods? I remember it, was with it. Betty Davis. It was Disney, and I see it now, and I'm thinking it is so random to be Disney. I can't believe it's Disney, but that was I think it was 1980 or something, and uh, I remember that being a really Scary movie that I liked to watch when I was little.
1: I'm gonna have to look that one up, especially if it's got Betty Davis in it. Sounds good.
0: Yeah. And I can't believe that I can say that in my lifetime I, you know, watched a movie with Betty Davis. Are you kidding me? But it was, it was, it's pretty cool. It's dark and spooky and Disney and it's like out of place Disney. Actually not,
4: Disney has a lot of dark things, even from Fantasia, even way, way back. There's there's a lot of things what they're doing to in today's day is they're trying to make um all the villains into heroes. But back in the day the villains were villains and they weren't exactly the nicest people.
1: Well the Black Cauldron, they won't even show that movie anymore and it's pretty pretty dark. Oh
2: uh, so, yeah. So, no, no, no. I was gonna. Well, we can't see each other. It's hard to pick up on the verbal <laughs> cues, right? I, I was just gonna say, yeah, it's 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 funny that with well, the way that that works, it really is.
5: Yes, with how the shift between good and evil has turned a lot grayer in yes. modern society. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, and, and from what I
2: understand, I haven't seen it, but Frozen is supposed to be pretty dark. I don't know mm-hmm. which. Which you know, I may watch it if it is dark because it's one of the things that that appeals to me is the. The, the the moral play that you get with a true fairy tale. And I, I think that some of that gets lost whenever it's cleaned up and sanitized. I get it. It's for kids. Except it's, except Lion King, apparently, right? <laughs>
4: yeah. Well, actually, I think Frozen got very cleaned up because the original Ice Queen, who Queen Elsa is, very is, is very, very dark. And Elsa's not dark.
1: I don't think the Frozen version's very dark. Mm-mm. I didn't get that feeling oh. from it. Oh, well, then I won't be watching. Oh, what it. is the darkest <laughs> Disney
4: animated feature
1: well, I've always thought that Sleeping Beauty's pretty because you're talking about she wants to kill a baby. That the original, not and the most recent Maleficent. I was very upset with
4: because they made her into an antihero. But the original Maleficent is definitely yeah. the queen of all evil.
1: Yeah. So I don't know. I, hmm. Yeah, I
2: mean the fun. original Snow White's kind of uh, kind of rapey. Uh, so yeah, there's that one too that's a little weird.
4: That's true. Anyway, Patrick, I did look up your candy. They're called Mary Jane Peanut Butter Kisses. So.
1: <laughs> Mary Jane, oh my God! That's,
4: That's what funny. they're called. They're called Mary oh, yeah. Jane peanut butter Mary kisses, Jane's. made with real peanut butter. Why would they call them Mary Jane? What's the name of the company? Neko. Neko makes them. Oh, they're the ones that make those weird little those chalky wafer, things. chalky things. Yeah.
0: Well, you would think if they put Mary Jane on them, more people would buy them. They should do that.
1: I know. You think people would be like, "Is this Mary Jane? Cool. <laughs> Did they get this from Colorado? <laughs> yeah,
0: but that,
2: Take well, advantage of that.
1: And you can Mary get a- Jane
2: candies are still made with that fresh <laughs> peanut butter taste and a hit of molasses, and it's something little extra that, uh, well, you know what it is, kids. <laughs> And you can't a bag man, of great, while
0: yeah. you're at it.
2: That's right, man. This candy is so good, man. I can't stop it. This candy totally gives me the munchies, man. I
1: say, the it's perfect. perfect.
2: It's like a circle, man. I just keep eating it and eating it. so damn good.
4: (laughs) Never-ending circle.
1: All right. Well, we should probably wrap this up. What I want to do is go around. (laughs) Wrap it up like Mary Jane (laughs) little peanut butter kisses.
4: Yeah, man. We're going to go We're
5: going to wrap it up in orange and and
1: black. So why don't we go around. Phil, why don't you tell everybody where they can find your podcast a little bit more about finding you on the internet.
3: Oh, You can find us on iTunes and Stitcher and all the other podcatchers at The Hateful Dead. And on Twitter, we are at Hateful Dead PC. We're on Facebook. And, of course, we're in the Hiram Spectacular Crew, proud member. And, and also we don't are, have a website yet.
1: Well, and you also are a part of the research crew, too, at HGB.
3: Yes, indeed. And once again, thanks for inviting me along for that, too.
1: Well, thank you for being on with us this evening. Patrick, where can people find you?
0: Well, the podcast is the Big Seance Podcast, and it's on all the same places. You know, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn. Uh, website is bigseance.com. I'm on Twitter at BigSeance. Um, I'm on Facebook too. And yeah, Big Seance
2: Podcast.
1: Dan, where can people find you? And can you tell us again the start date for the lift?
2: If I give you all my links, I'm gonna put people to sleep. So I'm just gonna give you a couple. The, the the two podcasts that are probably the most prominent right now are are um, the Wicked Library, which is the WickedLibrary.com and at Wicked Library and The Lift, which is victoriaslift.com and at victoriaslift. And we're going to be doing a Halloween special, October 30th. And uh, then we're going to get into the first episode of Season 1, November the 13th, which is Friday the 13th in November.
1: Awesome. Perfect. Jeanette, where can everybody find you?
5: The main place I call home is HorrorMade.com And uh, you can tweet at me at... Or underscore made. Those are the two main places. And many other places, but those are my my usual haunts. Oh, I love how she
1: said her usual haunts. <laughs> well, thank you I to all of see what you
0: did there. That's, good. That's
1: great, isn't it?
5: Exaggerated wink. <laughs> it's clever. Eat. Clever. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Very clever. Well, thank you all of you for joining us on this show. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having us.
3: Thanks a lot. It's been great.
1: Well, you guys have a very happy Halloween, and of course we'll be seeing you around the Twitterverse and Facebook and all that good stuff. And thank you so much for the support you've been giving our show. We greatly appreciate it. Oh, absolutely.
0: This was fun. I was excited to be involved, so thank you.
1: Well, before we close out the show, we do want to welcome some new people to the Spooktacular crew. We want to welcome Tammy and Alexandra. Thanks so much for joining us at the Spooktacular crew. We want to thank you guys for listening to this one. You take care now. Bye-bye.